Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, welcome, Brewer fans, the uh, Broker Review Podcast. Uh, this is Scott, uh, Vince, and Craig joining you. And we're going to recap the, the Brewers week where we went five and two. Guys, how are you doing today? Oh, hey, Craig. Hey, Scotty. Hey. Is Chad, is, uh, Chad on? I, th- nope. I think Chad is uh, teaching America's youth. Oh, yeah, it is a school day, I suppose. I know he's very, uh, very hyper-focused on making sure to retain very, very strict ethical standards in terms of his uh, educational career. (laughs) Yep, so, I mean, five and two on the week is pretty good. We swept the Pirates, took two or three at home from the Cubs. Um, Unfortunately, lost the one-on-one-game series with the Giants that I had the unfortunate pleasure of attending um but had you told us that we're going to lose both games burn started this week i would say i would still take the five and two then um but uh so anyway the brewers are in first place and we got a couple game lead on the cardinals uh as of this podcast so things are looking up is now may 2nd hopefully with the warmer weather is on as wayne brings it heats up the bats because um over the weekend against the cubs we had some some big scoring days, but we also got shut out by Marcus Stroman on Sunday. So um, with the return yeah. of Louis Urias off the DL as of today, let's talk about that and a couple other uh, roster moves, guys. Um, so obviously we're all aware that MLB had the rule to cut back down from in April. Teams had 28-man rosters and they had to cut down to 26 starting today and for the rest of the season. To accommodate those moves, uh, the Brewers had optioned to the minor leagues both Mike Brassell and Alex Jackson, and they cut Jose Urena. And also, I, hey Craig, I think that I think that Urena was just DFA'd. I don't know that it's it's decided yet exactly what's going to happen with him. Is it? Okay, yeah, DFA then. And Cousins to the, Jay Cousins went on a DL, and as I just mentioned. Louis Urias came off the DL. So um, overall, were you surprised by any of those moves? Um, I, I was a little surprised by Urena. He's guy. He's a guy who's got a lot of track. Uh, he's got a track record and a lot of experience in the majors. So there were other pitchers that um, had options that could have been sent to the minor leagues. Uh, he was not one of those guys. So um, it didn't seem to be a stern type move where you lose a guy completely from the organization. We've seen guys in the past that are kind of yo-yoed up and down between, um, you know, triple A and the major leagues and kept in the system at least. And maybe Urena might be, maybe, maybe, um, you know, the Brewers front office is confident that uh, no one's going to pick him up on waivers, or maybe they just don't care at this point that, you know, if he has lost, but um, it, that one surprised me a little bit. I thought that maybe one of the guys that had an option might be sent down, but um, you know, kudos to guys like Trevor Gott, who are pitching incredibly well um, to make that decision very tough for the Brewers. So um, surprised, yes, but not totally shocked, I guess, given how well other guys are performing. Yeah, I guess I always thought that uh, Hobie Miller was going to be the um, potential on man out, like if you would have asked me at the beginning of the season. But um, he's pitched pretty well, not exactly in – a lot of high leverage situations, but he's still, you know, getting the job done. So 
Um, yeah, we had to stick with him. And Urena, he's he was walking too many guys. He wasn't getting any strikeouts. I think he had like three Ks all year or something ridiculous. But um, yeah, it's uh, overall though nothing nothing too shocking or surprising. I guess um, I thought we could have pulled like um, well I think the Dodgers are notorious for it, but I guess a lot of teams do it. Uh, I thought it would have been something where maybe Arena would have come up with like a phantom injury. And then we would just, you know, throw him on the, the IL and bring him back when we need him. But uh, to DFAM, a um, little surprising, but not terribly surprising. Yeah, yeah I think he was struggling the most of anybody from our bullpen, you know, for the most part. Um, you know, guys like Milner pitched pretty well. Uh, Yandel Gustav, he's got a 3.24 ERA. He had, you know, some success in Milwaukee last year. So, um you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's surprising, but not totally shocking. Um, I was a little bit surprised by Mike Brossel getting sent down. I mean, we basically signed him and brought him aboard to be able to hit left-handed pitching. Um, and he was definitely, I, I feel, doing his job. Obviously, with Urias coming back and taking everyday third base at-bats, I assume, um, that didn't really leave many at bats and, and uh, for him, so maybe they just want to keep him down with regular at bats. So I, I wasn't totally shocked, but I kind of felt that was, you know, kind of an unwarranted um, send down, I guess, so to speak. But um, you know, because he really did do what he was brought on to do. But I guess it's just a numbers crunch. Um, obviously, Alex Jackson was just kind of filling in for uh, Carantini while he was on the COVID uh dl or whatnot but uh yeah so i guess i'm a little bit what well, i kind of assume that Kesson hura might be one of the ones that got sent down when the roster crunch happened and he didn't so was that surprising to either of you guys oh, a little bit i guess um i i guess i, I thought it was pretty much going to come down to like Brasal or hira who really I kind of just want here to get regular at bats and I don't think it's going to happen on the major league level, but um, I, I guess I thought that he was definitely an option. Um, other than that, you know, I, I really like Jace Peterson. I think we sing, uh, sing his praises a lot on this podcast. He puts together quality at bats, but um, the production frankly isn't there right now. Um, but it's not like he's going to be starting that much anymore anyway. So um, you know, yeah. you want somebody, you know, to be like a pinch hitter to come off the bench and, and be prepared to give those quality at bats and try to get on base. And he's one of the few guys that I seem like aren't trying to, you know, um, you know, hit home runs and when we're down by three with nobody on or whatever. So, um, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Well, don't forget guys too, with, with Jace, he's got several years now of a track record in Milwaukee. So it's not like, you know, a few bad weeks are going to have us questioning whether or not he's capable. I think that he's proven himself during his time in Milwaukee. So, um, you know, that, that builds up a little trust between a guy and the organization. So I don't think he's going to be the first guy out. A guy like Brousseau is, you know, new to the Brewers. And I know that he was brought in to, to hit lefties and he's been good at that in his career, but he doesn't have a long history in Milwaukee, he, you know, played um, for the Brewers just this season. So I, it doesn't totally surprise me. Kira, you know, I really, really want to see him uh, come around. He had such a great spring training. Um, and obviously being a brewer, you know, draftee and a guy who got a lot of hype earlier in his career, I think that the brewers are, you know, 
going to really try to see what they have in Keston Hero this this season. So they're going to give him a bit of a leash. And, you know, if he struggles, uh, you know, excessively, I'm sure that they'll be, you know, sending him down again. But I think at this point, you know, he's not really gotten the at-bats like you alluded to, Scott, to make him, you know, the automatic guy to get sent down. So I think that they're going to give him a bit of a leash and hope that he comes around. You know, the talent is still there, but he's batting 219 this year um, so far. But again, only... 32 at bats, according to the notes that uh, the interns handed us in the pre-production meeting here. Yeah, that's the one thing my concern with Keston staying up is the fact that I don't know that he's going to get more than like two or three starts per week, if that. I mean, I assume Urias is everyday starter and McCutcheon pretty much has most of DH at bats. So outside of him just hitting against left-handers uh, with then benching Rowdy for that. Uh, so basically in a straight up platoon with Rowdy is the only way I saw him staying on the, on the roster. So that must be the plan I would assume. Um, but uh, yeah, cause I think in order for him to really get in a hitting groove, he can't be on the bench more, you know, three or four times a week, but that looks like it may be what it is, but you always just want the best guys, even if they are to come off the bench, whatever, on a major league roster, especially for first place team. So I, I don't doubt that they evaluated that uh, Keston is one of those best guys. So ho- hopefully he can, he can still, you know, get hot from that limited playing time, but nothing too shocking. Yeah, I guess. He, okay. he does provide a power option off the bench. You know, we should say that too. I mean, Keston here, his skill set is such that, you know, you, you kind of know what you're going to get with certain guys that, that come off the bench. Um, I, I think that Keston is, is one of those guys that, yes, he does have a tendency to strike out, but he also has some pop. So, you know, to have power coming off the bench later in a game can be a really, you know, great tool for a team to have, obviously. So I, I don't totally discount that as being one of the reasons as well. Um, he's where he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, Jay Cousins has not been pitching anywhere near as well as he had for us last year. Um and so now he's going to the DL. So um, hopefully he can get himself righted once he gets healthy. But, uh, you know, I think that we were counting on him to be a pretty big part of this bullpen. And, and so far, that has not been the case. And luckily, like you mentioned, other guys like Trevor God have stepped up into his role, you know, kind of in the sixth, seventh innings or whatever. Um, so, and of course, Brad Boxberger resigning. He's, he's there for that, that area of the ball game too. So, I guess well, well I, I'm not too concerned that you know for Cousins I think he'll be able to come back and be a contributor um, when he comes back from the injured list. Um, so I guess the other thing I want to kind of talk about on this podcast is um, I guess one of the bigger breakouts of the month of month of April so far, and uh, that is, do you guys think that we actually have developed a fourth ace for this team in the name of Eric Lauer? <laughs> Wow, what a what a April for this guy! It's just been incredible to watch, hasn't it? I mean, really exciting stuff. And I don't know, but um, something is going on with that Brewers pitching lab to help a guy like Eric Lauer to take that next step as well. I, I just I don't want to, to to be so sensationalistic when we do this podcast. I understand we kind of sound like the guys from the Bears skit on SNL when we're like this, but to to see what the what the Brewers starting rotation looks like in 2022 compared to what it used to be for any, for Brewer fans of just about any age to see what existed in the past uh, and what passed for an ace pitcher. And then to have a guy like Eric Lauer be your four starter, it's just crazy. And even a guy like Hauser or Ashby, I mean, it's just unbelievable. So yeah, Eric Lauer has uh, completely blown us away. Well, uh, Scott, I know your interns can help us with the stats, but 
Uh, he had two double-digit strikeout games in a row, and I think that that's the first time a left-handed pitcher had done that for the Brewers since Teddy Higuera in 1988, if I recall. Um, yeah, I think that was exactly right. I, I think it was 88. I'm almost positive on that. No, I have no idea. But, um, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, you could tell me. I wouldn't know. But, um, yeah, Lauer has done a great job. And, yeah, honorable mention to Hauser as well. Um, biggest thing, <laughs> um, I forget where it was. There was some good write-up about Eric Lauer saying how, um, you know, last year, you know, obviously he pitched all right. But uh, I think it was his, uh, his fastball was right around 91. And, and since then, um, he's getting a lot more swings and misses, trusting it more. He's throwing about 94 now, which is nothing to sneeze at. Um, so obviously getting improvement there can definitely throw it by guys more, and he's elevating it and locating it better. So, yeah, he's really done a good job. Yeah, and of course, yeah, I saw old... that comment about the velocity uptick. I think that that was uh, a comment from Omar Narvaez. You said that, Scott. He he, uh, he mentioned that Lauer has gone up, uh, I think, you know, two or three miles per hour with his fastball, which is pretty exciting, um, especially to do it at this point in his career. He's, you know, 27 years old this season, so he's not exactly like a, a rookie pitcher at this point, obviously. And, you know, looking at the numbers right now, he's sitting uh, after the month of April, one month in, four games in, 1.93 ERA for for Lauer on the year compared to 3.19 last year, which, you know, again, was pretty darn good season in 2021 from your fourth starter. Um, but yeah, to step up, he's 2-0 with a 1.93 ERA uh, on the year this year. And 34 Ks to five walks at the moment. That's pretty phenomenal. And that's why I mentioned I'm like in our new ace territory with the other big three. I mean, if we could really go through this season with four potential aces, I mean, the excitement level is just through the roof. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And you guys mentioned his increase in velocity and then obviously his uh, strikeout rate increase um, and, the, and then the way that he's able to limit walks as well. I mean, this is, he's definitely looks like he's developing and there's an old baseball adage that lefties develop a little bit slower when it, when it comes to pitchers. And I think that he might've just fallen in that category. Obviously, looking back a couple of years with the Trent Grissom trade, I mean, Trent Grissom had a great rookie year with us um, that kind of ended poorly. But, I mean, uh, the fact that he went from a first-round prospect to kind of really struggling in the minor leagues for several years and then finally turning himself into something at major league level and then the Brewers were able to flip him along with Zach uh, Davies for – two, in my opinion, now cornerstones of our, of our, of our future here in Luis Urias and Eric Lauer. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone in baseball that's going to argue that we're, we're going to come out ahead, hands down with winning that trade. So pretty phenomenal and exciting to see. That's, that's for sure. I also, um, yeah. since we're talking about the pitching and um, I, I just want to point out that Adrian Hauser has a 2.53 ERA this season as well. So I uh, didn't mean to take away from the bit on Lauer. I just wanted to follow up on that point. Just talking about a rotation generally, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. When yeah I, I guess absolutely. when I say four aces, I know that Adrian probably listens to our podcast and he's probably like, Hey guys, I'm right over here. <laughs> <laughs> I do think he gets forgotten about a bit. I, I think that he's worth mentioning because again, this is a guy who would have been an ace pitcher for the team anytime, uh, for a 10-year period at least between like 93 and 2003 until Ben Sheets really stepped up. And even then he would have been at least at a number two uh, in an ace probably when Sheets was hurt. So I do think it's, it's at least worth bringing up as a, as a point. 
Well, I, I would yeah, I would absolutely. say even, um, even though Scott's our in-house comedian, I would I would call Vince our in-house baseball historian. Um, and so one thing, a question I guess I'll propose to you or both of you is if you could trade our our current six man rotation, our, our six man with any six starting pitchers from any brewer decade, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands and the, or the, even the 2010. So that's five different decades you can choose from. You can take any six starters from any year of any of those decades, uh, of those decades and create like an all decade brewers rotation. Would you trade the current six man rotation for any of those decades, six best six starting pitchers as Milwaukee Brewers? Nope. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't either, Greg. I, you know, I think that you can find one-off pitchers from each decade that may be better, you know, than our third starter today or something, but no, I mean, as a group, there's no way I no, Absolutely. Yeah. Not. And I probably, and I honestly, God, I'd probably take after, after 92, when the fire sale happened and we lost Molitor and Plesak and Basio and a bunch of guys, I don't think that I would take any, I, I think I would take anybody from this current group and put them over anyone in that Brewers rotation from basically 93 until Ben Sheets. Yeah, I think the only decade that yeah. might even come, the two decades, I guess, that would maybe come close to competing for this, just this year's rotation might have been the, the 2000 to 2010 and the 1980s, just because, well, let's start with the 80s. Obviously, you have guys like Vukovic was a Cy Young Award winner. You got Caldwell. You guys got like Moose Haas. And I guess uh, you could add Teddy Hager in there because he came in the late 80s. So that's a pretty good, pretty close, that's but that's that's still... That's still short yeah uh and then the 2000s obviously even though he was only a half a season rental i mean you've got cc sabatha you could have had that decade rotation and then um you've got uh ben sheets and giovanni gallardo and but other than that i don't think we have enough to go six deep even with that entire decade so i, I agree with you guys that this and and that is if that doesn't excite you as a brewer fan i don't know so i i, I mean well yeah it it's huge and it underscores the need i think you know, in my mind that we've talked about, I think every podcast, our offense has, you know, certainly picked it up in the past week and that's great, but I still think we need to, to use this window um, and just be as bold as possible, you know, and go out and get another bat. I really think that we need it. I think that our, our offensive woes have kind of ebbed and flowed a bit, but you know, 2020 to 2022 so far has been only okay offensively, good enough to win some games, but not good enough to be an elite offense. And I think that we really need to be elite at this point on the offensive side to go with our very elite pitching staff and elite bullpen as well, as long as we've got Josh Hader here. And I, I feel confident in our, our front office to do just that. I mean, it's, it's always been said that you, uh, you know, acquiring bats at trade deadlines is probably cheaper and easier than acquiring really good starting pitching or even bullpen arms for that matter. So I, I feel confident the Brewers will be able to add this offense uh, as the season goes on and definitely by the trade deadline. Um, so that is an exciting thing. And I don't, I don't think that there's too many people in the minor leagues that are completely hands or, you know, you know, unavailable, so to speak. I, I think that any of our minor leaguers that can be used via trade to improve this major league ball, ball club that they will be, and they should be. So that's also exciting to, to know as well. Well, I think that's one of the things I'm a little bit worried about is that when we, um, 
hopefully eventually maybe start uh, calling around and, you know, maybe we've already done that, but calling around and trying to look for a bat, which hopefully happens, but um, a lot of those teams are going to be asking for, you know, your Hausers, your Lowers, your Ashby's. And they're like, what do you mean? You're like, we're going to give you an elite bat for, and you're going to, you, you, you don't want to give us their, your fourth, fifth or sixth, you know, starters. And well, yeah, well, our four or five and six would be year one, two, and three. So that's why we're not doing it. Like they're going to be asking for a lot of these things that we don't necessarily want to give up. And I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, do you really want to, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys like, I mean, is, does Keston Harris still have any value? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Not enough to bring in a premium bat, that's for sure. Not by himself. So, I don't know. It's going to be a little tricky. They're going to be asking for a lot of stuff that we don't want to give up. Yeah, but I, I think that we have some bats at the upper levels that, um, you know, like we've got Garrett Mitchell, we've got Joey Weimer, and we've got Bryce Trang and a few other guys. Obviously, there's even just like filler throw in change of scenery guys like Corey Ray, probably. But I mean, I mean, I, I think that we'll have enough ammo in the minor leagues to, to be able to bring in a bat with just minor leaguers and, you know, possibly maybe throwing in like a Tyrone Taylor type player or something like that um, into, into it. If depending on, you know, but so I'm confident it will happen at some point. Um, but in the meantime, the Brewers are, you know, here we are sitting beginning of, of May and the Brewers are sitting in first place. So things are looking good. And, and like I said, we're seeing a little signs of off, of life from our offense and to their defense. If you look across baseball, offense is down really down in April. And uh, there's a lot of contributing factors to that. Obviously people are complaining that the balls are different. Um, but not only that, but a shorter spring training and a lot of cold weather across the country. So a lot of things are depressing the bats So, so far. And so hopefully the, the Brewers will come around as well. Well, didn't you say, didn't our anonymous source, Tom Carter, go down and do an investigation of the balls or something? He was looking at that. Yeah. I know um, Chad's friend, Neil, was doing some uh, ball work as well. <laughs> that guy. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, he, he was saying that things are changing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our, our resident ball investigator is Chad. I know I labeled you guys with resident whatever but um yeah unfortunately he's, <laughs> hasn't, been, hasn't been shining yet. he's also a oh, resident my. gambler so uh if you guys uh, if you guys want yeah. tips you can send in some uh some options and and we'll get those message over to chad and he'll give you his uh, betting tips so okay so this week we got free three there. games against the reds at home who are a pretty tough yep. team and then we got the braves don't know much about them. Uh, three games in Atlanta. Vince, are you going to any of those games? No, unfortunately not. I did not know. Recently, I am locked into a Mother's Day plan here for Lena's mother in Houston. We are going to the Astros-Tigers game for Mother's Day on Saturday. So no. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. No, um, so. What is your predictions for the week, Scott? Six games, Reds, Braves, three apiece. Four and two. Nice. All right. That's great. I got three and three. Two out of three from Cincy and one out of three from Atlanta. Yeah, I'm going to have to go three and three, too. But welcome back, Louis Urias. Hopefully our offense picks it up a little bit going forward. So 
Sounds good, guys. All right. Well, let's forge into to, to May. Hopefully, the warm weather and the great baseball continues. Um, but uh, in the meantime, keep following us, keep listening to the podcast, and keep tuning in. I appreciate it, guys. And stay classy, Wisconsin, and go yeah. Brewers. Go Brewers, guys. Go Brewers.